God is good all the time. He is good. Amen. Uh, I'm glad to be in church today. I hope you are too. I hope you've come expecting to hear from the word of the Lord. Uh, He is here. He wants to speak to us. And we're going to continue our, our series on the I Am series. And I believe these, these messages, these, these moments, these words from Jesus are so valuable and so important because it's His words affirming who He is to us. Amen? And so today we're going to continue that, that series in the I Am. And today we're going to be talking about when Jesus says, I am the vine. I am the true vine. And so as we've been in this series, we've talked about, just to give you a brief recap, if you haven't been here, you can go back and and listen to these on our website, on our podcast, uh, pittsfieldnazarene.church. You can check that out if you haven't already, Um, and we have some great help getting our services online. Uh, What an incredible blessing that is. Uh, We've talked about that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and if if my God can defeat death, he can do anything. Last week, we talked about Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. And he gives us what we need, amen? And he takes care of us. I've been in my own devotional time reading through the 23rd Psalm in a different way, and it's just amazing how God continues to speak his provision over us in so many ways. But today, we're going to talk about this I am statement that I believe is arguably the most important I am statement that Jesus makes. And it's not necessarily because of the words he says or the lesson that he's teaching it, but it's because of when Jesus said these words. When Jesus said these words. And, and so listen to these words from John's Gospel, chapter 15. This is the, the verse that we're going to key on, and you're going to hear this over and over and over again today. But this is what Jesus says. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Why is this I am statement the most important statement that I would argue is the most important I am statement? I want to tell you briefly. If you look in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles open to John 15, I want you just to look around that area for a moment. In John chapter 13, we see Jesus begin his last Supper, the last supper with his disciples. Jesus has spent three and a half years in ministry with these 12 of his closest friends, his disciples. He has taught them. He has spent every waking moment with these men. And in John chapter 13, we see that they're sitting down for the last time together. Now, they didn't know that, but Jesus did. So I want to ask you, uh, well, before we get there, and then if you skip over to John chapter 18... So as as John's gospel is giving us this order of events, the Last Supper in John 13, in John chapter 18, we see Jesus go to the garden and is arrested. And we begin the trial, and we begin the road to the cross. So right in between there, John 13 and 18, we see John chapter 15, and these are Jesus' words to his disciples. So why is this so important, you might ask? I would, I would challenge you with this question. If you were told you were going to have one more meal with the people you loved the most, one more dinner, one more evening together, and then it was going to be all over, you would probably think very carefully about what you would say at that dinner table you would probably think very carefully about every little 
thing that was done. And I believe Jesus did the same thing. He knew what was coming. And in this moment, in the last meal together, in these last moments together, Jesus says to his disciples, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says, I am the vine because it's so very important for his disciples. And I believe as we are following him today, we are his disciples too. For us to hear, why is it so important to be connected? Why is being connected so important? Well, if you look at John chapter 15, you go back to the beginning at verse number 1. He says it a little differently. He says it this way. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Again, we have to not only read the red letters, but we kind of have to read in between the lines. Last week we talked about if Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, that probably means that there's false shepherds. And we learned that the false shepherd is our enemy, Satan, and his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So today, if, if God is saying through Jesus that I am the true vine and my father is the gardener, that must mean that there are false vines. Let me illustrate this very, very simply. I brought my wonderful tree this morning. Now, you have to use your imagination with this tree, okay? This tree has leaves, green leaves. It's, it's got everything together. It would be considered, for our purposes of an illustration, living and active and all of those things are connected to make that tree so beautiful, right? That's the true vine. If we stay connected to the true vine, we'll have benefits. We'll talk about that in just a minute. This illustrates what happens if we don't stay connected. This is dead. This is not alive. There is no life in this. This is not connected to anything. It used to be alive, but now it is not. And you see, so many times when Jesus tells us, I am the true vine, remain in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit, we get separated and we still think that we can attach ourselves to false vines in order to see fruit in our life. Let me give you an example. We may say, and this is going to be, this is going to be silly, but I want you to stay with me for a minute. If I had a vase of water up here and I stuck this thing in the water, that water, even though it's trying to give life, would not do anything for this branch except make it wet. But so many times in our life, we become this branch because we, we get disconnected from, from God and we stick ourselves into false vines that we think will bring life back. We try to graft ourselves into other pieces of wood or we try to put ourselves into other life-giving things and we try to see fruit in our life from things that we're trying to do in our own strength and power. But if we're disconnected from the true vine, everything that we try to connect ourselves to to bring life that is not the true vine is a false vine. It is not true. It will not bring life. Now, it may bring signs that it could bring life, but it's not the life that God offers us. 
we get disconnected and we try to bear fruit in our own way and we can't do it. So why is being connected to the true vine so important? The first reason is this. Staying connected produces fruit. Amen? Staying connected produces fruit. Jesus said, once again, I'm going to repeat this over and over and over. If you do anything today, you're going to get this scripture memorized. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, will bear much fruit. If we stay in him, we will produce fruit. It's a guarantee. It's not a hope. It's not a conditional thing. It's, it's not something that uh, Jesus says, well, if you come with me all the time, you might see some fruit. No. He says, you will bear much fruit. Do we believe God's word to be true? Say amen. If we believe God's word to be true, then we have to believe this guarantee. Jesus says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Well, what kind of fruit are we going to see? I'm glad you asked because Paul tells us in his word as well. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. I think your quietness is, is showing my point here. We want these things, don't we? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Anybody wanted to be more gentle lately? Wow, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit, that's capital S in your word. That's, that's God's Spirit. The fruit that God wants to give us is love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, when you're praying and seeking God's word, you will stay connected to the vine. I want to tell you a story about our life. I've tell, shared this story before, but as somebody dear and dear to our hearts has said, if I've shared it once, it's probably worth repeating because it's a good story. So I'm going to share it again. We were living in Oklahoma at the time, and uh, I was working at a school, and, and Alicia was at the church more than I was, but we were both there. And We'd come together after the kids got home and after I got off work, and, and one day we came together, and we were having dinner as we normally did, and dinner was over, and we were cleaning up, and the kids went off and did what they were doing, and Alicia looks at me, and I looked at her, and I said, I think I need to talk to you about something. She goes, good, because I need to talk to you about something. You see, we weren't talking about the same thing together yet. But we both had something to share with one another, and it was the same thing, but we just didn't know it. And I said, okay, you go first. She goes, no, you go first. And I said, well, as I was driving home today, and as I've been praying about this, I really don't believe our family is complete. And Alicia started to cry. You see, when we had Elliot, the doctor said, you can have no more kids, because either you, Alicia, will die or the baby will die. There's no chance. You're, you're, the way your body is, it's, it's, it's done. And so we were fine with that because that we took that as God's way of saying, well, we want Alicia to be around, so I don't want her to die. So, okay, good deal. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll trust the Lord in this. 
So Elliot is already, you know, I can't remember how old he was at the time, eight or nine years old, and so we were past all of that, but now God was putting on our heart that we were going to have more of a family. And Alicia starts crying, and she says, that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. And so we started praying that God was going to open the door for us to have more children in our home. We weren't sure what it meant, but we knew that God had a plan and that God was going to answer. All we had to do was remain in the vine. So nothing seemed to come about in Oklahoma. We moved here to Illinois, and God began to open doors. And we began to walk through the door of foster care. And many of you have done the same thing, and you know those challenges that you go through, but there's times in our life when we want fruit to produce, and we, we are trying to remain in the vine, and, and we just don't see the fruit forming, or, or we, we try really hard to do it ourselves, and we try to open the doors ourselves, and, and God says, no, that's not the fruit that I'm wanting you to have. And so, Maybe for you it's not foster care, but maybe you've had something in your life where you just prayed and prayed and prayed for that non-Christian friend to come to know the Lord. And the more you prayed, you'd, you'd invite them to church, and they might even come with you once or twice, but every time you talk to them, it just seems like that friend is getting further and further away from the Lord. Have you been there? Or maybe you have a problem in, in your own spirit that you've been praying that God would just release you of and heal you from. Maybe it's, maybe it's anger. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's, maybe it's complacency and laziness. I don't know what it is, but maybe you pray and pray and pray and, and God just doesn't release you from that and you don't see the fruit and it's like, God, I need more patience. Why did you pray for patience? Because then he's going to give you more kids. It just, God knows what he's doing though. You know, see, I had an anger problem, and I prayed, God, I need you to take this anger away from me. What did he do? He gave me more time with my kids. I'm like, God, what are you doing? You see, we expect fruit in certain ways, and God says, no, that's not what I'm trying to show you. And we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and God says, you need to remain in me, because if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It's not a chance. It's not a possibility. It's a guarantee. Why is it so important that we stay connected? Because you will produce much fruit. But it's also important that we're connected because of the opposite. Being disconnected produces nothing. Once again, I am the vine and you are the branches if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Say it with me. Nothing. The very next verse says these words. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. When I see a branch like that, that's the first thing I think of. Boy, that's going to make some good kindling. And I've got a fire pit in my backyard that has a bunch of ash where branches like that get thrown. God's word is true, amen? How many of you ever looked at somebody and you thought, you know what, I will never do 
that. Anybody, would you just show your hands if you just looked at somebody and, and were judgmental for just a moment and you said, I would never do that. Let me tell you a story about when I did that once. Our kids were little and my wife said, you know, BJ, we need to get a different vehicle. Our family's growing and we need a different vehicle. I said, that's great, but I will never drive a minivan. And all the men said, amen, right? You know, if, if I'm seen in that minivan, somebody's going to cut the corners off of my man card, you know? It's just going to happen. It's, it's one of those things that it just doesn't feel right. And I always said, I will never drive a minivan. And one day we were, we were together as a family, and, and actually Alicia wasn't with us, and we had gotten a new car, and yes, it was a minivan, and I was... Um, frustrated we were in public and I had the three kids with me myself and I'm, we're walking out of the store and we're going to the to the van and, and I looked down at the key fob and I hit this button that I'd never seen on any other key fob before and I hit that button and guess what happened those doors opened automatically I was like oh that is so nice and guess what? All three kids jump into the van. They get in their seats themselves. They buckle themselves. And guess what? I press that button again and the doors shut automatically. I said I would never drive one of these things. Now I could sell them, you know. If somebody would put up one of those limo glass things in between you and the kids and it would just whoop, then I'd really have you sold. Amen. But we look at people and we're like, I would never do that. And maybe it's not as simple as a minivan. Maybe you've looked at somebody in their life and you're like, I would never do that. I would never have an affair with someone. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle of that temptation. Or you say, I would never treat somebody that way. That is so ungodly and unchristian. And then all of a sudden you find yourself saying things you should never say. Or you look at other people and you say, my kids will never act that way. And then you get in public. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us. I would never do that. And then when we're disconnected from the vine, though, folks, get this. This is very important because sometimes we talk about the opposite being true, and it is. But if we stay disconnected from Jesus Christ, anything is possible. And what I mean by that is those things that you said you would never do, those temptations that you said you would never give into, those things that you said you would never even get close to touching, anything is possible when you're disconnected from God. And the longer we stay disconnected from the true vine, the more possibilities for us to fall into sin and disgrace. That's why it's so important that we stay connected to the vine. Amen? So if it's so important that we stay connected, how do we stay connected to the vine? How do we stay connected to the vine? You might say the good church answers are, you know, if we pray, God will speak and we pray, we stay connected to the vine, and you're right. When Alicia and I were having that conversation in our dining room in Oklahoma, it was through prayer. We got in God's word. Does God work? Does God speak through his word? Hold on, let me say that again. Does God's word does God speak through his word? Yes, he does. So if we get in his word, we can stay connected. Does God speak through our good Christian friend that we may go to coffee with one day? 
Yeah, he does. That's ways we can stay connected. Does God speak to us in our small groups and our Sunday school classes? Yes, he does. Those are all the good church answers, amen? God will speak in those ways, and those are ways to stay connected. But I want to talk to you this morning about a couple very fundamental things that we can do to stay connected. John 15.10 says this, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. So one of the very fundamental ways that we stay connected is we must do what Jesus says. We must do what Jesus says. Have you heard the story about the father that told his child to go clean his room? He told his child, he said, you know what, you need to, your room's a mess, you need to go clean your room. How many of you said that to your kids this week? Yeah, I know, there's a few of us, yeah. He said to his child, he said, I want you to go clean your room. He leaves comes back to check on the child. Have you cleaned your room yet? No, but I thought about it. I thought really hard about it. I I memorized exactly how you said it to me, and I, I can repeat that to you. Did you clean your room? No. Go clean your room. Comes back and checks. Did you clean your room? No, but... uh. I, I, took the, I took a permanent marker and I, and I wrote, clean my room on my arm so that I could see it and it would remind me to go clean my room and do what you said. And I could show it to other people and they could keep me accountable. Go, what's that on your arm? It says, go clean my room. What's that mean? It, uh, something my dad said to me. You know, I need to go clean my room. Did you clean your room? No. Go clean your room. Comes back and checks, did you clean your room? No, I didn't, but I called my friends up and we started talking about it and we started studying what it meant to clean your room. And we studied it really in deep and we studied in the the Greek language of what clean means. It's cleaneo. And it means to clean with vigor and and with passion and to, to make it nice. Did you clean your room? No. Go clean your room. Hey, did you clean your room? No, I, I haven't yet, but I'm, I've scheduled this conference. I'm going to go learn how to clean. And I'm going to travel across the country, and I'm going to take my friends with me. And we're going to go, and we're going to study this for two days and two nights. And we're going to learn how to clean our rooms. Aren't you so proud? Did you clean your room? No. Do what Jesus says. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. It seems easy enough. We just have to do what Jesus says. That's how we stay connected to the true vine. If he gives us instructions, we do it. The second thing is this, you must love like Jesus loves. John 15.12 We're in that same chapter. This must be important stuff. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. You see, if we stopped at just love each other, that's pretty vague. We could read that passage. We're like, oh, that's easy. 
you know, we go to church with our friends and our family, and, and I can love you, and you can love me, and we can just have this happy life together, just loving each other. Yeah, it's all, it's all kumbaya. Love each other. That's vague. It's general. There's lots of interpretation, lots of meanings we can get out of it. But Jesus goes on to say this. Love each other as I have loved you. This is coming from Jesus, so this is a little bit different. Because again, he goes on to say, there is no greater love than this, that one would lay down his life for his friend. That's what Jesus did for us. To love like Jesus loves. No greater love than this. You know, we go back to that kitchen table in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. God was saying, I want you to love like I love. We moved to Illinois and we went through all the training. We, we started walking through the doors as God would open the doors. And, and many of you walked this journey with us. I've got a couple pictures. This was our first chance to love as Jesus loves. Little Sakina May. We got Sakina May when she was um, just about five months old. She was still in the hospital. And she came home, and thankfully we were getting ready to go on vacation, and another loving family in our community took her for a week while we went on vacation, and then we came back and we took Sakina into our home. And we began to love her like Jesus would. We began to, to love her and care for her, and, and about a year later, we were given another opportunity to love as Jesus would. And this is little Tamarian. And as many of you have met and gotten to know these two children, Tamarian came to our home about a year later. He was Sakina's older brother. And he stayed with us for about a year. And uh, he went home. But all this while, we were being told that Sakina would probably stay with us. And we began loving on her and caring for her. And it was our desire to grow our family permanently. And we chose foster care to go that route. And we began to love on this family, to care for them. And then two years after we had had Sakina in our home, we were told that with about a week's notice, she was going to go home. That was not what we were told was the plan. This papa bear was angry. But Jesus said, remain in me. And if I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I said to God, how can I remain in you if I'm going to feel this hurt and this brokenness and this anger? Sakina and Tamarian went home. Lots of tears cried, lots of transition moments. And, and their, mom, their mom was doing their, her best to take care of her kids and, and to get them back and, and just look at that. Doesn't she just fit so well? Yeah. <laughs> she went home and we did not talk or see Sakina for over six months. We tried to help her mom. We tried to love on them like Jesus would love. We tried to do things for her. Her mom would say things to us like, nobody's ever loved my kids and not expected anything in return. 
And we looked at her and we said, we love you the same way. And she said, nobody's loved me that way. What is wrong with you? She says, why are you doing this for me? I can't repay you. We said, we don't need repaid. We want to love you like Jesus loves you. You see, their mom had problems. Her problem was alcohol and drugs and relationships outside of marriage. My problem was anger and selfishness and pride. You see, two sets of problems. One, more, one probably more acceptable because it's easier to hide than the other. But Jesus says the same thing to all of us. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, Jesus, I don't want this fruit of hurt and pain and hardship. He says, remain in me and I'll give you the fruit that I want you to have. It may not look like what you want, but you will bear fruit. Lots of tears. Lots of hard times. Fast forward in our lives and there's still tears and memories. We were, this is a picture of all of us together. A couple summers ago, uh, it was a great time with our family. And uh, boy, we look good. <laughs> no, God has so blessed us so, so much. I'm so thankful for this journey. This week we were cleaning out some closets. We were going through some stuff, and I was transitioning my summer clothes to my winter clothes, and Elliot comes into my room, and he's like, Dad, Dad, you got to come quick. Something's wrong with Mom. I'm like, okay. So I'm running out of my room, and I said, what's going on? She, he said, she's crying, and she won't stop crying. So I go into Ronnie's room, and she's cleaning out a closet, and all of the stuff that's in this closet is Sakina's baby stuff. And she's just sobbing. And we get through it, and we're eating dinner that night, and it's been a rough evening for her, and she's remembering all of these things. And even that very night, through tears and all the memories, she looks at us and says, I am so happy for all of them. You see, that's what loving like Jesus is all about, that you would lay down your life for your friend. You see, the problem with this kind of love, though, the problem with doing this to stay connected to the vine, to being connected, the problem with this kind of love is that you cannot do it on your own. You can't. You can't do it when you're disconnected from the vine. It's impossible. Why? Because the love like Jesus kind of love, is only possible as we remain in the true vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So we must love each other as Jesus loves. It's good truth from God's word, amen?
The problem with us trying to do this on our own is we take this verse and we forget that if you remain in me and I in you part. I'm the vine and you are the branches. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It says if I remain in you. What does that mean for us? Folks, I need you to get this. To be connected to the vine is not a one and done deal. To be connected to the vine doesn't mean we just surrender our lives and give our hearts to God and then we can get up and do whatever else we want and that vine just follows us everywhere we go. That's not what this is. It's not a one and done deal. It's not, we don't get all the fruit just for saying a prayer. Jesus says, if you remain in me, it's a journey. It's a process. It's a lifetime. It's not a one and done. We must continually remain in the true vine. So I want to I close with this thought. I want to ask you a couple questions today. What false vines are you attaching yourself to? We want to bear much fruit. We want to see success in life. But are we 